You're listening to the Pipeline Show. Tell me his name again. With Gee Flaming. Who? Welcome back to the Pipeline Show. As it's the NCAA Campus Report segment. Uh, as always, brought to you by College Hockey Inc. And uh, for those of you who might have a player in your family, or you might be the player, and you are considering all your options, want to know more about the college hockey path, what you can do is go to College Hockey Inc. I've been telling you that all season long, all year long, well, around the the calendar year. Uh, and uh, it's a great resource, and you might want to get in contact with uh, guys like Mike Snee or my next guest. Uh, we'll just get right to it. Nate Ewell from uh, College Hockey Inc. Uh, joins me now. Nate, thanks for doing this again. How are you? Thanks, Guy, and thanks for the plug. We're always happy to field those calls. Oh, well, terrific. I hope people are uh, contacting you guys uh, over the course of uh, – is there a busy period for that uh, sort of stuff, people reaching out and, and trying to get some more information? For the prospects, there really isn't. It's it's a year-round – recruiting is a year-round game for our coaches and I think for the prospects. And uh, our website numbers reflect that. We get a lot of people looking at our FAQ pages and things like that all year round. Okay, excellent. Oh, well, let's go back and uh, revisit uh, last week in uh, Buffalo and the uh, the Frozen Four. Uh, I thought it, they were really entertaining games. Maybe not the uh, you know the high offensive number of games, the high scoring games that we've seen from years past, but that didn't uh, take away from the entertainment factor, in my opinion. What do you think of the games? I would agree. I thought uh, in terms of suspense, in terms of edge on your seat, it, it was right there and. Certainly, the uh, going to overtime in one of the semifinals helped with that. Mm-hmm. But I thought even uh, Duluth, you know, they play a uh, precision type of game that's, you know, it, it doesn't lend itself to opening up and being wide open. But it, I think at the same time, it's it's edge of your seat because the games are close, the games are competitive. Uh, they they had a great game with Providence until they tacked on a couple empty netters. And I thought even against uh, UMass, knowing what UMass could do at any moment. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, intrigue in that in both those games. Seemed like every team had uh, some interesting sidebar storylines going into the uh, into the games in Buffalo. I mean, you had the youngest coach in the, in college hockey with Denver, and the, the possibility of repeat champs uh, for for Duluth. And uh, I always have to say Minnesota Duluth or University of Minnesota slash Duluth. I get in trouble if I just say Duluth. I, I noticed you said Duluth. You, I guess you can get away with it, but I can't. Well, I think with my boss being from Duluth, maybe that gives uh, <laughs> gives us a little leeway here at College Hockey Inc. Well, that's good. Uh, but some of those storylines uh, that seem to play out, obviously, Kale McCarr who has, uh, ended up being the Hobie Baker winner, and uh, it just seemed like there were a lot of things to keep an eye on, and, and that makes uh, things more intriguing as well, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think each team had a little something that uh, – Gave them reason for hope, reason to believe, reason to uh, to tune in from a, an outsider's perspective. Kale McCarr, you mentioned, I think, was uh, sort of a dominant theme the whole time, whether it was uh, during the games, obviously, but also on Friday with the awards ceremony. I thought uh, having a team going for a repeat, and it's been a while, added a, a lot of intrigue and interest because uh, we haven't seen that kind of uh, – college team, college program, bringing back that much talent to a Frozen Four for a second straight year. Well, what I thought well, last year was, I thought they were too young to win last year, and, and then right. they pull it off. <laughs> yeah. So then suddenly they've got all this experience. So, you know, they're still young, but now they've got experience, and uh, well, uh, not to toot my own horn, I picked them at the, actually at the in my bracket at the start of the tournament to uh, to win, so um, I, I feel smart. 
at least. If Let- anything, they were better than when they won the previous year, so it made a lot of sense, that's yeah, for sure. Really impressive performance against uh, UMass in that final game, uh, for sure. Uh, let's go back to the Hobie Baker Award on Friday night, and it, it Kale McCarr, as we mentioned, was uh, the uh, recipient of the award this year. All, all the uh, nominees were deserved to be there, but I thought it was an easy selection, easy choice uh, to make Kale McCarr, not only because he's Canadian, but obviously that plays a big factor in it. Uh, your thoughts on, on him uh, being uh, the award winner this year? Certainly deserving, certainly an easy choice, as you said. Uh, I think there were a, a lot of great players out there, certainly a lot of great defensemen. He was uh, leading that pack, though, and, and I don't think there's any question that he was. And I thought what, what interested me about him this weekend, you know, there was this storyline for him all year about coming back to school, and obviously he didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was able to improve so much in, in the second year in college. You know, I think it's easy to forget now that he was – just a very good freshman last year. You know, he he wasn't an all-world player as a freshman. He was a good all-league player. Uh, but coming back for a second year, being able to develop a little bit allowed him to become a superstar. And um, and he was very appreciative of that. I think one of the great things you've seen the Frozen Four in person. It's a uh, it's a reunion of people who love the game of and particularly love the college hockey level. Mm-hmm. And he reflected that. You know, he he came in on Wednesday and talked about coming back to school and you could sense that Kale McCarr really loved college hockey. I think for, for those of us, you know, sitting and listening to him say that it made us like him even that much more. He's, he's a special guy, special person, and uh, obviously a special player. The uh, other award that was handed out was for the top coach in uh, division one hockey. Uh, that ended up going to Greg Carvel of uh, UMass and no question. I mean, going from a five win team two years ago to uh, what were they? 30 wins this year is remarkable. The single best season, though, I thought was uh, I thought it was going to be Eric Lang with AIC, and I asked all four Frozen Four coaches th- that question uh, when I had them on uh, right before the tournament and uh, or before the Frozen Four rather, and a lot of them said Eric Lang as well. Were you surprised by the end result? I thought it was a toss up between those two, and it's neat. Those schools aren't separated by very much in Western Massachusetts. They're they're pretty close together. They played each other during the year. Um, I thought it was a bit of a toss up when I heard your your pre-Frozen 4 show, I started to think, okay, well, the coaches may have a little bit more and in, in, be more invested in what Eric Lang did. And, and they certainly understand, I think, how difficult a job he's done to, to be able to turn that program around from uh, really building from very uh, bottom rungs of Atlantic hockey to winning both the, the regular season and playoff tournaments this year. Uh, so what he did was remarkable. I thought. I also thought he was great, by the way, taking over the College Hockey Inc. Twitter account during the championship game. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but uh, but Eric was pretty insightful in there. I did not see that. That's good. I might have to go back and revisit that. That's uh, that's terrific. Worth a look. Worth a look. Uh, all right. Well, the Duluth ends up the uh, University of Minnesota slash Duluth. Uh, the Bulldogs are repeat champions. Hasn't happened since uh, Denver back in uh, the mid, uh, what, 2004, 2005. Why is it so hard to win back-to-back? Well, first is is uh, attrition, and, and you're going to lose people. Whether The best teams are usually experienced, so you might have some, some seniors that graduate, and certainly Parker McKay is a, a good example there, although he filled the skates of Carson Kuhlman from a year ago. So you hope that guys are, are coming up through the ranks and can, can fill those spots. The other is obviously guys leaving for pro hockey, and um, they haven't uh, – right, I heard saw that Riley Tufte is moving on. 
uh, signing with the Dallas Stars, but that's going to be the first of a few that they'll have. So the, the job of trying to get three in a row will be that much tougher when you look at that defense and how good they are. I have to assume that, that NHL teams are going to come calling. Well, and uh, maybe they're going to come calling uh, for more coaches as well not that long ago. Dave Haxtell, Jim Montgomery. Seems like the uh, the the door has been open now at least, and, and NHL teams will be strongly considering uh, NCAA coaches. Is that that's a good thing, isn't it? I know you want to keep the coaches selfishly. You'd like to keep them, but it's probably a good thing that they get that opportunity too. I think it's a good thing, and, and certainly it shows the respect that the highest level of the game has for the coaching staffs at, in college hockey. I don't think it's an easy decision to leave, but um, but mm-hmm. certainly if they want to put a contract like uh, David Quinn got last year in front of you, it's a hard thing to say right. no to, that's for sure. Yeah, another one there, and uh, George Gwazdecki not that long uh, before that as well, so uh, it's it's uh, becoming more of the norm. Also becoming more of the norm. I'm looking at the just a list of the top scorers in college hockey this year. We've talked about the uh, the globalization of the sport over the last number of years, and um, you look at it, and it's it's really come to the NCAA as well. Obviously, lots of Americans when you look at the the top scoring top scorers, a lot of Canadians as well. But now you're seeing flags for Germany and Sweden and Finland and Latvia. Um, college hockey is uh, starting to attract players from all over the hockey world, and that's also a positive thing moving forward, isn't it? It's a great thing because it elevates the the talent pool and the level of play in college. I think what you're seeing, there used to be a very small trickle of these players that came through, and and actually being in Buffalo, we were reminded of Thomas Vanek, who had a great Frozen Four in 2003. He came over from Austria, played in the USHL, and then played at at the University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But you've had a slow trickle of players like that and Carl Hagelin and, and guys who have made an impact in college gone on to the NHL. And I think that's opened the eyes of the younger players in Europe because now it's a flood. And now we've had three years in a row of record numbers and we were at 110 Europeans in the college game this year. Wow. So um, th- that doesn't really show any signs of slowing down. I mean, there's certainly limits to, to how many spots are available when you look at the talent that's already here in North America. But um, the interest is there. And we have to give a lot of credit, I think, to the junior leagues, especially the, the ones in the U.S. The USHL and North American League have done a great job of welcoming European players and sort of giving them an entry point into the North American game before they move on to play college. Pretty soon you're going to run out of teams. You're going to need more Division One teams. I guess that leads we, into the uh, next question. We do question. need more. Yeah, if, uh, <laughs> if you know any Terry Pagulas, we have a, a distinct need here. Actually, um, Nate Lehman on, on Wednesday, uh, he said, we have 60 teams right now, and he said we could use 80 when someone asked him about the, the European influence in particular because uh, he said there's that much interest, there's that much talent out there. And I think what we've seen is that uh, college hockey hasn't kept pace in terms of growth to the, the younger elements of the game. And, and youth hockey has grown to a point, especially in the U.S., where mm-hmm. there's more and more players being produced and and it would be great if we could keep pace and um, and be able to f- provide opportunities for all those players. It's uh, it's an expensive proposition, though, as uh, as Mr. Pagula has uh, has shown with his donation to Penn State. I think that the great thing that Penn State and then Arizona State shows is that you can make that leap of faith as a, as a university and have success pretty quickly. Yeah, great story with the uh, Sun Devils this year, for sure. No question about that. Nate Ewell from uh, College Hockey, Inc., my guest. Uh, the marketing arm for uh, College Hockey, Division One uh, NCAA Hockey. I guess you, you, you do Division Three stuff as well? We're actually um, 
our board of directors is made up exclusively of Division One schools okay. and, and conferences. Um, but what we we really do hope that our efforts pay off on the Division Three level as well, because there are only sixty teams, so there's not room for everybody at the Division One level. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, I know what you guys do uh, in the off season uh, in North America, and try to uh, explain uh, what the college hockey path is all about uh, to people in our neck of the woods up here north of the border. I'm sure you do it throughout the United States as well. Uh, we were just talking about the European uh, influence and uh, impact that those players are making. Do you guys go overseas too and do the same sort of seminars and info sessions? We're still a, a uh, relatively young and relatively limited funded uh, nonprofit, so. Uh, Europe isn't quite in the cards for us, although we've had some good communication with some people over there who have helped spread the word. Uh, all our efforts right now are, are focused, at least in person, on, in North America, and, and we do travel around and try and get in front of as many kids and, and parents as we can. Uh, I've been to a few of those when you've uh, come out to Alberta. Uh, more scheduled, uh, I'm assuming, this summer? There will be, yes. Uh, a lot of them, um, in terms of our events, focused around the uh, the Junior A showcases so we'll be out in alberta around the time of the ajhl showcase and that just makes it easier for our coaches to be able to attend and get a chance to see some younger players at our event and then the older players at the the junior a level actually when we're in alberta we'll uh we were able to confirm that uh coming back again this year will be gary mccarr kale's dad he's been able to come and speak to our group the last two years and uh he said he'll put it in his calendar he'll be there excellent um well, just to, I, again, I, we want people to uh, contact you if they have any questions. How do they do that? It's uh, collegehockeyinc.com is the best bet. Come on there, and uh, you can find all our email addresses. Most of the information that you could hope to find in terms of recruiting questions is there, but uh, it also has our phone number and, and con- other contact information. So if there's ever any questions that come up, please, uh, as I said, we're a nonprofit. We're not charging anybody for anything that uh, when they come to ask us questions, we want to encourage that because we we really feel the more that you know about the college path, the better it seems. All right. Well, the uh, college hockey offseason, I guess, is officially underway. In the hockey world, there's not much of an offseason. It is a, a year-round thing. Uh, what, uh, what types of uh, stuff do you have going on uh, over the summer? The draft is a big focus for us um, because, obviously, a lot of incoming college players will be selected there. And the uh, central scouting rankings have 115 current or future college players on it. So uh, that's quite a group. That's, uh, as far as we know, the biggest that, that there's ever been on those rankings. And um, we'll, we'll be there in Vancouver looking forward to it. We'll also be putting on these seminars and traveling around uh, both the U.S. and Canada to, uh, to get in front of as many players and parents as we, uh, as we possibly can. Before that, we've got a, a quick visit with our coaches. They have a, a, a convention in Florida, so we'll pay a visit to that and warm up a little bit after uh, a long winter. And uh, and then it'll be, as you say, no off season. It stays busy. Uh, Nate, uh, what's uh, planned early in the regular season next year? You got the uh, icebreakers at all set? We do icebreakers in Toledo next year. So Bowling Green is hosting that, and uh, it'll be, that'll be another great event. It's always a good way to start off the, the season. And uh, it's hard to believe, but we'll be back at it pretty soon. Frozen Four next year is where? Frozen Four next year is in Detroit. But not at Ford Field. No, no not Thank at you. Ford Field. We're at the, at the new arena in, uh, in Detroit, which is a uh, very good thing. Oh, good. Yes, I'm very happy to hear that. Well, Nate, it was a terrific season. I want to thank you and uh, everybody at College Hockey Inc., longtime supporters of uh, of the Pipeline Show. I think uh, we've had a great uh, partnership for uh, probably over a decade by now, looking forward to uh, another decade or more. Uh, thanks for your time today. 
enjoy if you're taking a little time off before you have to get back to work. Thanks, Guy, and appreciate all that you do covering the prospects from college and beyond. That's Nate Ewell from uh, College Hockey, Inc. Always does a great job when he's on the show, and uh, really appreciate all the help and support that uh, College Hockey, Inc. has given the Pipeline show over the last uh, decade or so, as I mentioned uh, with him there at the end. I've uh, been out to a few of uh, their seminars when they uh, come out to Alberta. The first one was the first one that I was at was in uh, Spruce Grove. I've also been to one they did in uh, Sherwood Park as well. I think they were in Camrose last year. I didn't make that one. Um, but uh, always great information sessions. If, uh, if that's a subject matter that uh, is intriguing to you, if you want to know more about the college hockey uh, path, I recommend when they come back out here or when they are in your neck of the woods, uh, make sure you go. It's, it's always free to attend. Uh, and we'll answer a lot of the questions that you might have. They always get a lot of uh, coaches from Division One teams uh, to appear. It's like they'll have a, a Q&A session, an info session, uh, and uh, players and families and parents uh, can ask questions of the coaches in a public forum. So it's uh, all out in the open. It's really good. I highly recommend that you check it out. All right, next up on the Pipeline Show, we will uh, set up the Ontario Hockey League, uh, round three of the OHL playoffs conference final in that league, mentioned that they started last night. Uh, Mike Farwell, voice of the Kitchener Rangers, tells us some more about the four teams that are left standing, who he expects to move on, and why. All of that next here on the Pipeline Show. Hi, this is Drew Doughty of the Guelph Storm. Storm on the power play here. Teed up by Doughty, scores! Hat trick goal for Drew Doughty. 4 nothing Guelph Storm. You're listening to the Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. 